We are in Champions League, man. That was my name. Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. Joining me for this episode is Mark Spaulding. Mark has worked on the professional side of the game in Scotland, the senior side, and then he's worked primarily on the youth side here in the US with GPS. He has done his coach education on both sides, in Europe and on the US side. So we wanted to get his thoughts, his experiences, his insights specifically on his progression into the UEFA Pro License with the Scottish FA. So looking at you know his experience looking at the experience of where he's looking to get better where the course has challenged him and a little bit of reflection it's something that a lot of coaches i know listen to the podcast around the world aspire to get to the pro license we don't know an awful lot as a coaching community of what goes on actually inside it so it's a good chance to see first-hand experience of where a coach is being challenged and, and what it takes to get through that there and I think you'll enjoy this reflection from Mark for sure. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on this at Gary Kernin on Instagram, at Gary Kernin on Twitter. This podcast is brought to you by the Modern Soccer Coach Community Platform. If you haven't checked it out, please go ahead online, take a look. We've got over 250 exercises, session ideas, tactical analysis pieces, and daily content coming with, with a different topic every day. We've just launched a monthly tactical webinar series that will begin on September 23rd, free to all members of the MSC coaching community. We're going to go through defensive transitioning on the 23rd one. Only $6 a month, you get access to all the webinars and you get the replays and then you get access to everything on the site as well. So details on modernsoccercoach.com slash community. Please check it out. Always appreciate your support, appreciate the coaches getting involved. Here is Mark, enjoy. Mark, thanks so much for joining me this morning on the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. Really excited to have you on. Brian, thanks obviously for asking me, Gary. It's, a, it's an honour to be on and looking forward to chatting. So the, the topic is the pro licence and I know a lot of listeners know a lot about it, but not maybe about inside it and what goes on and the journey about it. So I just thought that we'd shine a light on that there and I wanted to kick it off by asking you, what was the motivation? Why did you want to, to do the, the pro license in the first place? I think it's always striving to be the best. I think everything I've ever done in my career, I've, I've always wanted to be the best I possibly can. And it's obviously the top of the UEFA coach education pyramid. I love coach education anyway. I'm always seeking new ideas and seeking um, opportunities to challenge myself. The, obviously, the prestige of the course uh, you just have to look at the candidates who have been on it previously, what it means to those candidates, the opportunities a UEFA Pro Licence can provide coaches who, who attain it. And then the final one is just to be accepted on the course. Obviously, when I applied, you've got to go through a rigorous process to be accepted. Obviously, there's the financial piece as well. And to actually have you know, attained a place on the course was an incredible honour and one I was happy to accept. Yeah, just staying on that then about the the process of getting on the course. And I, I've wondered if there's any continuation. Do you start the course from scratch or in the application process or in the continuation from maybe your reputation with the with the federation before that? Is there is there any continuation? Do they have any work on you before you actually go on the course? Yeah, so part of the application was you had to have some references. You obviously had to put, uh, your professional career down, so what positions you'd had uh, over the over the course. So there was a lot of stuff going into your background, and then obviously you know your background, your experience, your current position, potential of what you can add to the course. I think that all comes uh, through in the application process, and it was pretty rigorous. I think it was maybe three to four months after application that you start to hear a word on whether you're accepted or not, and I know that. Speaking to the Scottish FA from the emails we were sent out, you know, there's a kind of panel within within Hamden who look over all the various applications, and you know, there was a lot of people who applied for the course, and I think there was only 20, 22 places 
So, you know, to be part of that 22 is an incredible honour when you think about the amount of people who maybe meet the requirements who didn't get selected on this cohort. I did look at the criteria, but I, what again, what interested me was you're obviously going to have people at different stages in terms of what they want from the course. So in terms of what you want to get out of it or in terms of what your weaknesses maybe they've, they've identified, is, is there any of that work done as soon as you get there? Or is that something that is just a, a process that's built as it goes along? No, so actually one of the first uh, meetings that we had was a kind of who are you? You know, a presentation which was pretty daunting because you have to stand up in front of your peers and you had a, I think it was a three minute or five minute clock and they were pretty strict in the five minutes. You know, it was a kind of iPhone buzzer at the end of it. So, you know, you were rehearsing. You could use any age you needed. Some people used PowerPoint. One of the guys, Paul Sheeran, actually delivered a poem which blew everybody away. Uh, you know, it was, it was really well written. It spoke about his journey, but it was a, you know, it was a kind of, had the rhyme and all that kind of stuff. It was absolutely incredible. You know, some people delivered PowerPoint. Some people spoke about themselves. And that was really insightful, you know, to learn about your experience, about, you know, different people are coming off different things. You know, some people are just finishing their playing career. Some people are working, you know, as technical directors or uh, have been sporting directors. Some people were just starting a managerial career. So it was different people. But the, the interesting thing on the on the first meeting was finding out where people had came from, maybe what they're, what they're expecting from the course and, uh, you know, kind of where that will take them. Yeah, on, on that subject there, one of our guests, uh, Kerry Bowley, who's now working at the at Man City, the coach education, he, he had a question this week I thought was, was great and I wanted to run this past you on social media. Do coaches invest more time in, one, developing strengths into excellence or two, fixing weaknesses? And I was wondering what your thoughts were on that, having gone through this pro licence? Probably, probably a little bit before, I would have definitely fixed weaknesses, but strength-based training is something that I find interesting and it's certainly something that I've started to develop myself. I kind of know what I'm good at, uh, and that's through over time and speaking to people and there's things that you're comfortable with, and I definitely believe that, um, that I continue to want to improve on those aspects. So my strengths is definitely something that I, I want to continue to push on in. And I probably now spend more time on my strengths. I'm kind of a little bit more comfortable in, in what I am and who I am. And that strength-based training and, and strength-based development is something that I look at. I know what I am and I want to be excellent in those fields. However, probably before, maybe before the pro licence experience, and probably actually before I moved in, moved to the US and started to, to listen to other coaches. And one of the interesting things was I actually spent a day in at the Boston Celtics and got to speak to Brad Stevens. And, you know, speaking to those people in different sports start to open up your mind on, on coaching as a, as a profession, not just football coaching, but the art of coaching. And certainly strength-based training is something that I personally have started to concentrate more on in probably the last 12 to 18 months on knowing what I am and, and really working hard to accentuate my skills and, and the roles in which I'm in. As a obviously a fan of coach education, do you think that does coach education shift from maybe fixing weaknesses early on and then into developing strengths, or does it move in every different direction? Does it depend on the person? Does it depend on the course? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think that the coaching process is tutors and education is becoming more and more important. So I think coach education is, is starting to shift into you know that holistic approach of yeah, you know, developing and strengths, but also looking at how you can you know, kind of eradicate weaknesses or certainly try to, you know, lessen the weaknesses more and more. That's uh, a fascinating topic because when you when you start to ask yourself these questions, it obviously then you're thinking, well, what do I spend most of my time on without coach education? You know, does coach education almost help you structure your reflection or maybe keep you on track without maybe going down a road where you're not actually thinking of what you're doing? No, it does. And I think self-reflection becomes incredibly important. And one of the things, and I'll touch upon it later on, is the Scottish FA actually have brought in a kind of sports performance consultant, a guy called Donald McNaughton, who looks at a lot of self-reflection. And we actually, we work with Donald as a group in small groups and individually throughout this pro-license experience. And that has been absolutely tremendous because the first thing coaches do is you're hard on yourself in self-reflection. You know, say, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. 
You know, I was really bad at this. I was really bad at that. And some of the stuff that Donald's asking us to do is, um, you know, kind of looking back and, you know, first thing, what did you do well? You know, and then what did you find challenging? And then what would you do next time? So the connotations is taken away from weaknesses or negativity to actually, you know, trying to look at it a little bit more, a little bit more positively and, and actually more tangible as well, you know, rather than just saying, well, I didn't do that very well. It's actually all saying, well, what did you find challenging? And then what would you do next time? How would you how would you take that and how would you learn from that experience to do it differently next time? Which I think is incredible. And that certainly helped me. Yeah, here's one for you. Do you think coaches are more critical on upon self-reflection on a coaching course than they are in their normal environments without being monitored or observed? Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. I think it's the delivery in front of your peers, you know, whether people, whether people don't go into a course thinking so, you're always kind of judging yourself. You know, you're, you're always judging yourself and you're always saying, you know, where do I, you know, where do I fit in here, you know? You're looking at some guys and you're like, wow, I wish I could coach like that. And, or you're looking at other people and saying, oh, you know, am I better than him? You know, if it's an assessment thing, am I going to, if I'm better than him, I might pass. Do I have to be up the upper echelons? And, you know, whether you realise it or not, everybody's forming an opinion. And, you know, one of the things I had it recently, you know, on, on, the, on the pro licence, we had a little bit of field delivery. And I had an absolute nightmare of, of a session, right? It just... It didn't go very well, you know, my points weren't great and, you know, I was absolutely devastated, you know what I mean? Because it's, a, you know, you're out there at, at that UEFA Pro Licence level and, and my course, you know, uh, or my delivery, I didn't think was my best, far from my best delivery, but it's what I delivered and, you know, I'm pretty sure we all have bad sessions, you know, and sometimes they're better in the confines of your own club with your own players and sometimes you can hide that. Mm. But, you know, other times when you're out there with peers and, and stuff like that, it's daunting, no, no matter what level you're at. You know, sometimes I personally found, you know, doing the, the B&A and pro licence in Scotland, is there's a lot of, you know, ex-pros in there. There's a lot of guys who have worked under some fantastic managers and fantastic ideas in the game. And, and you want to make sure that, first of all, your content's relevant and it meets the requirements of the course. But you also want to, you also want to show these guys that you can go out there and actually coach and put on a session. And I think that's that's really, really important. And certainly, you know, that previous experience of mine, you know, over in Italy where I, I didn't have a good session, self-reflected on that a lot. And, you know, one of the things I did do was try to get peer feedback. I'm okay with people telling me what they found good and what they didn't find find so good. And, you know, I look for constructive feedback. You know, I just don't want somebody to tell me that that was bad or poor. I, I was certainly, you know, here's how you can improve and this is what we're looking for and, you know, here's how you can take that and, and develop it. And that's that's incredibly important to me. You know, self-reflection, peer reflection are two things that I really value. You mentioned there in the grass. Uh, that's another another thing that fascinates me with the pro license is, you know, how much of it is still refining that skill of delivering on the grass or, or does everything move significantly towards laptops and classroom presentations? I think there's still, you've always got to keep it relevant to the, to the pitch. And I think, you know, we have... We've had assessments, but not assignments on the pitch. You know, the pro license, we've, you know, we've been assessed on our, our coaching prowess on, on, on the, you know, the C, the B, the A. That's, that's where we've been assessed. Now we're getting, now we're kind of getting assessed on club management. So the, there's a wide variety of assignments and, you know, some of the stuff has been, you know, assessments on the pitch. So, you know, we've been speaking to, we've had different presenters come in and that's allowed us to then go and, you know, deliver on the field. So one of the tasks was, you know, we're put into groups, we were given a, a scenario, you know, you're playing away from home, second leg of a cup die, you're 2-1 behind. The, you know, the, the, the kind of process of, of how you would maybe structure your final session before the team, that was done in small groups. One of the things that I actually picked up from that was the group I was with, with um, I worked with Fraser Robertson, Barry Nicholson and Danny Invincible. And obviously there's four coaches Fraser was the lead coach, and we actually done a little bit of ghost coaching, which you know is a kind of you know with the lead coach kind of he's working on on the first eleven. Myself and Barry, we were working on the kind of on creating the scenario, you know, replicating that match scenario. So we were working with the opposition shape and and you know their kind of tactical roles to make sure that 
the game or the the practices reflected the environment the players were going in, which was which was really interesting. That was something new for me, and I I really enjoyed working with those guys. Chris van der Hagen came and delivered. He talked quite a lot about reality-based coaching, you know, the Belgian FA methodology. And one of the challenges was there, we had to go and deliver on the pitch. Like, immediately, you know, we had to create a session in groups and then go and deliver a reality-based session, you know, related on the Belgian FA methodology. And you were kind of thrown into that and Chris gave some feedback. And, you know, so it, it was really interesting, you know, you get sessions filmed and you can reflect back on it. So there is there is assignments on the field but it's you know your the assessments are on all different kind of the assignments are on all different kinds of topics you know club management um you know it, it's really interesting it's about managing a club it's taking away you know we know you're good in the field how do you manage staff how do you manage club looking into finance looking into into match analysis looking into preparing teams looking into all different facets of of actually club management, they're preparing you to succeed at the top end, you know, and you've got guys who, who have been managers at first team level, you've got guys who, you know, obviously uh, right now you've got Malky Mackay, Scott Gemmell, two different sorts of experience. Malky's talking about working at Cardiff and, and Wigan and Watford before that on the staff. He's talking about the level of detail you have to go in and work at the Premier League level. And then you've got Scott, who's current Scotland under 21 manager, who's talking about the international aspect you know, the the performance environment he created, um, you know, match analysis, you know, preparing teams in tournament football. So it's like it's you know, polar polar ends of or two different kind of environments, but high end elite level management coaching, you know, being that leader. And that's the interesting bit. You know, you're actually leading leading the process. It's so practical, right? And that's again something that, that I've heard and I spoke to a coach last week that was on the Irish FA course and Malky was over there and he was talking about what happens whenever you go maybe two goals down against a good team and the theory would tell you that you know you, you put more numbers forward and you go for it but then the practical side that Malky was saying that that as soon as you go to three or three or four nil down you you should then defend because when you get to four or five then the the knives are out in terms of the media so you have to then you're living in a world or it's learning how to operate in a world where there's also pressure there's also perception and there's also then the, the practical side and the theory don't always go go together right no exactly you know first first uh, meeting that we had Malky done a presentation on his career incredible you know started off as a part-time player worked in a bank and then uh, moved at Celtic and then went down and played in England and he talked about you know, coaching mentors as well. You know, uh, we worked at Watford. There was guys like, you know, Eddie Boothroyd, Brendan Rogers, you know, Sean Dice, Dick Bate. You know, spoke about all that kind of, you know, his coaching process into management, you know, from a coach into a manager. And it, it was eye-opening. It really, really was. Because here's a guy who's worked at the highest levels of the game, you know, and listening to his kind of, you know, feelings, you know, it, it was really eye-opening, you know, it was really candid as well and honest. And I, I think all the course candidates valued that, but it kind of gave you an insight into here's kind of where you could go and, and here's some of the challenges that you will face if you want to get to that highest level. And it's more than just being out in the field. It's, you know, managing up, managing down, managing scenarios or managing staff, managing chairman or club owners and expectations and sporting directors and it's it's endless and you're like and it's a bit kind of it was a great start to the course because you're thinking wow you know wow this this is this is it you know and it's a little bit more than you know idealistic you know this may happen it's like this these are things that do happen and you've got to be prepared for this mm. and it's you know and I think that's the realism part of it you know it's not idealistic you know we all you know, we all want to we all want to do things certain ways, but it's like, you know, these are some things that you'll definitely encounter. And some of the things you're going to encounter are like this. And some of the stuff he was saying, obviously, I can't go into it, I can't go into it all uh, because some of it's obviously, you know, between the, the group there, because some of the stuff he went into was very open and honest. And uh, But it was really eye-opening and, and really set the bar high. But also on the flip side of that, 
really educational and really kind of whetted the appetite because if that's the intro, everybody's thinking, wow, they, they, we're definitely by the end of this two year going to improve like massively. Mm-hmm. If that's one, if that's one presentation, wow. And we've had the with numerous numbers of that as well, you know, like David Moyes came and spoke to us, which was, again, you know, the same stuff Malky's talking about. Some of the, we've done scenarios with David Moyes. David Moyes has put us in scenarios, which he encountered. How would you handle this? And it raised debate. People are saying this, that, and the next thing. And then David Moyes has given more in-depth scenarios. And you're like, you know, what happens when you're, you're, leading, you're leading goal scorer, maybe you know, breaks a fundamental club rule, you know, and you're you're in this scenario and there's no right or wrongs. It's, you know, what you do, but then ultimately what you do then has a has an effect on it can have an effect on your environment, it can have an effect on your team. And there was a lot of kind of practical, you know, discussion, but raising debate and you know, you were answering something and, and David Moyes was hitting you with something else and you were like, and it, one thing, you know, with Every single presenter that's came, it's been it's been that way that they challenge you. You answer the question, and that's not the end of it. They'll challenge you with something else, and challenge you with something else, and and it's good. I love that challenging environment. Sometimes you feel like after you've answered the question, you think, did I answer that right? Mm. But it's it's your beliefs, and it's you know you can only answer that and what you think is right at the time. But having like some Malky come and speak, Derek McInnes come and spoke about the. You know his coaching journey, being at Bristol City, you know, and 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 Aberdeen. It's the level of detail these guys go into is incredible. But you know, it's the candid and honest nature. You know, David Moyes was talking about obviously Real Sociedad, Manchester United, Sunderland, West Ham, Everton. It's high level stuff, and you know, it's it's changes when you hear these guys speak. It, it changes your perception of things entirely. Because, you know, you sit sometimes and people assume what what these guys do. You can't assume, you know, you're hearing from the horse's mouth exactly what happened. And that changes your opinion because it's candid, it's honest, it's truthful. And, and it's what happens in the game. You know, people say, oh, oh, I would do this. You know, you're only looking at one part of it. The thing that you think you would do has multiple different outcomes and then from those multiple different outcomes there's outcomes from that then there's outcomes from that it's like a domino effect and that was that's the thing that blows my mind when you hear these guys speak about pressure environments you know they're not they're not running small clubs you know these guys are running institutions you know and and the pressure these guys are under and the level of detail these guys go in is, is absolutely incredible and that's the stuff that that gets you excited but that's also the stuff they realize you know I've got a long, long way to go here and experience will, will, will really drive me forward. In those there, those I can only imagine those conversations and insight from people like that, that is that, yeah, that are dealing with the, the level of pressure is just amazing. So is there anything that you've changed in terms of your methods or your philosophy with that process of maybe getting a little bit of a different perspective or maybe being interrogated the way you have been? hundred percent, you know, it's to believe more in your in your points. It's also to research. Details really, really important. We're always getting asked about details. Give me details. What's the detail into that? To delve into the detail deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's the thing. You can't just go into these sorts of things and be really generic. They're looking for details, like really in-depth research. You're always researching things. You're always, you know, looking at scenarios. You're almost kind of pre kind of trying to judge the questions that we're going to ask to make sure you've got solutions for that. You know, sometimes we'll throw curveballs at you. And there has been cases where people have done presentations and it's like, well, I don't know. You know, they may be asking you details about a player, you know, who's his agent? I don't know. All right, well, maybe these are things that you should, you know, you're talking <laughs> about record. It's, and it's like, well, I didn't think of that or I didn't do that or, you know, but, and sometimes... You learn from your own kind of challenging situations, but you also learn from others as well. You know, when you're up there and you're maybe presenting in front of your peers and you're getting questioned, and one of the assignments in Italy was you had to present to a sporting director, a manager, and a club owner, and it was Malky, Scott, and Andy Gould, who's head of football development at the Scottish FA. 
And it was me and Stuart Kettlewell. We presented on Spain. We presented a tactical plan for the next game. And they're questioning everything. So we thought a nice, smooth presentation. But they have questioned everything, right? You go go down in five minutes. What do you do? Mm. And then, you know, even if you're saying something, they're throwing another curveball. And it was interesting. And, you know, but you've got some peers round about you. You're up, you know, you've put together a nice... A nice clean, smooth uh, PowerPoint. You know, you've you've rehearsed it, mean Stuart beforehand. We're going through. You know, if this comes up, you answer that question. I'll come. You know, we've tried our best, and and the thrown curveball after curveball. And it's for, you know, at the end, Malky said, "Listen, you guys have done great." I'm sometimes asking you things that I'm not expecting you to answer. I'm not even expecting you to to you know be comfortable. You know, understanding the question. I'm throwing you to challenge you to see what to see your reaction. You know to see how you handle these questions. It's always challenging, you know, and and I love that about it. You know, they're always challenging you. Though. It's kind of they're making you, they want you to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I love that, you know, I, I love that kind of environment that they've created where, you know, it's okay to challenge people. It's okay to say, you know, it's not detrimental. It's not, you know, people aren't being disrespectful with it. It's just, we're looking for more. We're, they're always seeking more information. They want to get to the depths, the detail. And I think that's, you know, I, I talk about detail a lot, but that's that's the thing they talk about in the course all the time. You know, you're working, you know, you're working with high-end footballers. They want details. You know, it can't be generic. They want they want to know specifics. So you've got to give them specifics. But give them specifics, clean, clear, precise. That sort of thing. You know, on time as well. You know, you know, you might only have ten minutes for your presentation. You can't waffle. It's got to be clean. So those things as well, I think, are you know, are really challenging but really enjoyable. I think reality-based. You know, reality-based practicality is really important, especially when you're preparing for the game. You know, that reality-based training, preparing teams reality-based becomes really, really important. And and also belief in yourself. You know, if you do the research, you know, you come up with a, with a plan and deliver it. Stay true to your morals as well. You know, be strong enough to not have your opinion wavered if people are asking you that. You know, if that's your beliefs and you have the detail to to back those beliefs up and, and you've done the research and you've done the preparation, then support it, you know, but make sure that you've got the answers to support it. Has it improved your ability or your desire to question more in your own environment, either up or down? Yeah, for sure. Yep. You know, the process, the why becomes really, really important. You know, I'm always, you know, looking for, for more now, I guess. I'm always looking for more. And, and to be honest, you know, the coach tutors, you know, I've spoken about Malke, Scott, we've had Billy Stark come in, we've had um, obviously Andy Gould, Greg Patterson. You know, I'm starting to use some of their techniques as well to get more from my staff. You know, we, I work under a, a large body of staff and using some, you know, challenging them more and more to get the best out of themselves, to get more detail for them to dive deeper into the, the coaching practice or their understanding of the game or or anything, you know, has, has been has been great as well. You know, I've enjoyed that challenging environment and, and we're starting to create a culture where I'm surrounding myself with people who enjoy that challenging surrounding. And I think it's different between challenging and just being disrespectful. Uh, you know, some people say, you know, I don't agree with that and that's it. You know, well, well, why? Why? What don't you agree about it? You know, what what would you change? What What's your solution to that? All right, brilliant. And it's actually about respect. It's not about just disagreeing for the sake of disagreeing. It's about maybe finding more detail and how you word questions, I think, become really, really important as well. You know, how you seek and guide either the person who is challenging or, or being the person who's maybe questioning there as well, I think. You know, how you word those questions to get depth rather than it be, oh, I don't agree, that's it. Well, I don't think that's enough. It's about what could you do? You know, why did you do that? You know, oh, you dropped that player in here. What was your reason for that? Okay, and then start to delve in. And I think that's really, and that's one thing the Scottish FA do very, very, very well. They challenge you, but in a really thoughtful way to get you thinking. They ain't, they ain't, they ain't going to give you the answers. You're a pro-licensed candidate. They're not going to give you the answers. They want you to find the answers. And I think that's I think that's really, really, really important. I'd stay on that topic. Again, from my own perspective or from my own experience, coach education is now moving 
it's moving in a great direction in terms of that reflection and that pointing you towards soul searching a little bit in terms of your practices and your processes etc whenever i took a coaching course over here it was about 2005 it was one of the first ones it did and the person who gave me the feedback wasn't very personable wasn't delivered very specifically and i was actually more annoyed by how it was delivered and the lack of depth that was delivered so basically when i look when i reflect on that there the relationship wasn't built before I was getting the feedback. So what you're saying there with the with the peers and the mentors is that it's delivered in a way that obviously is effective. So how is that relationship built or how is that process, you know, how does that facilitate it? I think it was facilitated from day one where, you know, you had every single person delivered that 10-minute talk. So when I talked about your journey as peers, but also the, the tutors delivered their journey. So, you know, Greg Patterson delivered, Andy Gould delivered, and Malky delivered. And that really set the tone. They laid themselves out there, like so many of the course candidates did as well. And that really, really helped you get where they're coming from and what they're looking for in their role. But also, you know, they facilitate a lot. So it's facilitate discussion. And and I think that's really, really important. You can ask them things and they'll give you an honest answer. You know, they give you time. And I think that's really, really important. You know, every single person in that course gives you time. You know, whether it, you know, Scott Gemmell as well in Italy, you know, there's some, Donald McNaughton, all these people are happy to give you five, ten minutes of time. You know, you're saying, well, I'm not so sure about this. What do you think of that? They give you time. And I think time is all you're ever looking for. You know, you're, you're looking for something, you know, to ask somebody a question of them to be thoughtful, respectful, and to, you know, to answer you and, and to get that dialogue going. And I've found this from the coach education courses I've done in Scotland throughout my time there. I also done some work as a coach education tutor there. Incredible, absolutely incredible. I, I've had a really positive experience. The Scottish FA courses get a great name for that part. You know, that the tutors are excellent. You know, they really engage with you. You know, they, they speak to you as, as, as a person, really respectful, really, you know, they ask you questions, they guide you, but they can also instruct and they've created an incredible environment there. It used to be at large. Now it's now they do at, uh, at the performance centre in, in Edinburgh, at the Orium. But they create that environment. And people, you know, you just have to look at the list of people who have come through those courses. You know, Josie Mourinho, Andrew Villas-Boas, Nuno Santos, uh, Isparito, amongst many others. You know, you can, you know, you want to go Alex Ferguson, Walter Smith, all these kind of great names. There was an article on BBC Sport about Largs itself, the Scottish FA courses recently, which was which was a great read. And I think, you know, they just create that environment where the tutors and the assessors are, are there to guide you and help you. They want to get you through the course. And I think that's evident. And I think that's really, really important. And so these guys have really created that. I think the other thing that they've done well, there's been a lot of group tasks. So a lot of variations of working with different people, you know, with your peers, different experiences, you know, every time you come to an event, you're, you're maybe sat next to different people, so they actually have a seating plan. You know, so you check where your seat is, you're sitting next to different people, so you're engaging all the time with different people. And it's great, you know, you're always learning. And I think that's, I think that's really, really, really important. We just talked before we recorded. I was telling you that I recently read uh, Fabrizio Picaretta, pro license document. You are saying that you, you know him very well. He's generously shared it on LinkedIn. If anyone is looking for it, I would highly recommend. It's an unbelievable read, uh, both in terms of the depth of what he says going through the course, but also what I was chatting to you about. He was really honest in the presenters who didn't make an impact as well. So without naming names, do you become a little bit more critical about the course content itself with, you know, as you become engrossed in this in this journey, do you then say, "Wow, well, no, no, that that wasn't. I need more of this, or I need more of that, or how does that work?" Yeah, I think I think so. I think everybody's on their own journey. So all the candidates are on their own journey, and they're seeking for different things. You know, obviously, I'm close friends with Fabrizio, and you know, he was he, he's been a kind of mentor of mine. I met him on the UEFA A license, and first of all, he's an incredible human being. And over the years, we've got to know each other's families. And and one of the things about Fabrizio, one of one of the things I personally like about him is his honesty and his, and you know, he'll give you a truthful response to an answer. And it may, you know, that's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, some people don't like to surround themselves with people. Like that. I love it. 
you know, I remember on an A license and pulling me at one point and giving me some some really direct direct feedback on what he felt I could have done better. And I just lapped it up. I just loved it. Again, somebody giving you time. He was a guy um, who I think had just moved from Swindon to Sunderland at the time in the Premier League, working in the Premier League with, with international players, giving a young coach at the time 15 minutes, 15 minutes of his time to help me. So I think that's incredible. I think, you know, for me, I, I don't think it's a, I, I try to come away from that critical, but that honesty. I think, you know, everybody's looking for different things. You know, I'm quite honest in my reflections. I kind of look in, you know, if there's been a presenter, you know, sometimes uh, there's been one presenter at the start of the course who his presentation was quite large and he only touched upon something and then moved on to something else. And his, to be honest, his content was excellent throughout, but there was one thing he touched upon and I was like, I'd have loved more of that. You know, I'd have loved more of that particular thing. But it was he just kinda he just kinda went over it and you know, maybe a slide or two, and I was like, I could have been doing so in my self-reflection, I was like, I loved when he touched upon that. I would have loved him to have went into more detail on that. And that's not being critical, that was being honest because my need as a as a candidate was he touched upon something that really that really touched on maybe a scenario I've been in or something personal to me. And I was like, now that might not have been the same for everybody else, but I was like, I'd have loved them to have went into more detail on there. And there was one presenter who who touched upon something that I actually reached out to later on and said, you know, you touched upon this. I'd have loved you to give me some more detail on that. You know, and again, that, that presenter did go into more detail on that to me, uh, which was great. And so I kind of got what I was needing from it, but not necessarily in that moment. So I think... When you're when you're in self reflection, I think you know I've always put at the end of everything I've put who the presenter is, what the presentation was about, and then what I took from the presentation. And I have been sometimes I I honestly have taken something from every single presentation because in my mindset I think you can learn from everything, eh? even if it's one percent, ten percent, a hundred percent. I think you can take something away. It could be the way somebody's delivered something. It could be one thing that they have said you thought I never saw it like that before. That's 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 superb, you know. Or the way they've explained something, you're thinking, wow. Um, so, but I, I'm always honest. If there's something that I thought I'd have loved a little bit more detail on that, or maybe maybe they went into too much detail on or went away from something, and I was like, they kind of got away from from what I was looking for. Then then yeah, you, I put that in my self reflection, and that's only being honest. And I think that's maybe important for maybe Greg and. And the guys running the course to, you know, maybe there's some trends that they identify from that and they're saying, you know what, we need more of that. Or, you know what, maybe. So I I think we've always got to be honest with ourselves. And, you know, I, I also like to to speak to the other guys and get their thoughts on things. And, you know, there's there's some boys in the course that are, that are really honest. And, and again, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, the social side of a, of a coaching course, which is always... It's always the biggest part of the learning, the, the best stories that are in the bars and, you know, two in the morning and someone tells a story of a perspective and something that happened. And I would imagine that's been the case for this one as well. Oh, 100%. Well, first of all, you know me, Gary, I absolutely love to talk eh? and I love to talk <laughs> football. Eh? So it's it's for me, you know, I'm an absolute geek. So I read, you know, I, I read about things, you know, I I. I I would like to think I've got a good knowledge of the history of the game, certain scenarios. I understand, you know, I've got good understanding of games. I can talk about games and what's happened. Staying at the hotel, you know, we stayed at this little hotel near Hamden. The discussion, you know, people moving, people moving, you know, kind of glasses round about tables. We're talking about experiences. I love it. You know, the insight I get is is incredible. I I'm always learning, you know. So, you know, for instance, when I was in Italy, I was rooming with Peter Lovenkrantz. You know, I think I must clearly ask the most questions. And people, people who, you know, whether it be Barry Nicholson, um, Morris Ross, Laurie Ellis, uh, guys, that I, I can ask a hundred and one questions to these, these guys. I think, you know, there's always this bit where I always give it, who's the best player you played against? Best manager. <laughs> you know, it's almost like an interview, you know, and some of the boys laugh anytime somebody else is there, they're like, you always ask the same questions because I just love it. You know, I love, you know, who was the best manager that joined in in training? You know, what what was good about it? And then I get really hung up on it, you know. So I was in Italy rooming with Peter. 
you know, asking Peter like what it was like to play in World Cups. You know, I, I've never, you know, how many people, how many chances do you get to discuss one to one with somebody who's played in the World Cup what it was like, what he enjoyed about it, what he didn't enjoy about it, what was the coaching like, how do you prepare for games, so many games in such a tight space. You know, he played in the, you know, what was it like moving about, all that kind of stuff. You know, he's played in the Bundesliga. What was that like? What was it like playing the Champions League quarterfinal, eh, last sixteen of the? You know, doing all that, you know, speaking to Morris Ross, who's 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 went out and uh, coached in, in the Faroe Islands and, you know, played in Iceland and, you know, played at, you know, Glasgow Rangers, played at Wolves under Glenn Hoddle. You know, I'm, how many times do you get to speak to, you know, you hear Glenn Hoddle's, you know, great awareness of the game and, and all that kind of stuff. And what was it like to play under him? What made him different from, for instance, Dick Advocat at Rangers and, you know, Barry Nicholson, you know, who's played in both north and south of the borders, currently working um, at Fleetwood Town. You know, his experience is Jonathan Johansson, worked as first-team coach at Rangers, worked at international levels, assistant at Finland. You know, so there's there's endless numbers of guys, you know. like John Rankin was at Manchester City. He spent a month on loan at Corinthians. Very few people know that. I knew it because <laughs> I researched it. What was it like playing in Brazil? You know, so get, getting... How many guys do you know that's played for Corinthians? You know, so again, getting this, uh, you know, and Ranks laughs anytime I give him a question, by the way, because I'm always, you know what I mean? I'm always questioning people on things. And, uh, so again, it's, it's, but I think when you're in these close environments, it's that's honesty as well. You know, what was good about that? You know, what? why did the coach do that? How did you set up for that? You know, and it's that honesty and candour you get round about that. Red wine's a particular favourite. You know, there's a few bottles of red wine get getting shared, and uh, Italy was huge. You know, Italy. First of all, the red wine in Italy was fantastic, as was the pasta, and as was the ice cream. And Big John Daly, Big John Daly, particularly enjoyed the ice cream. It has to be said, uh, as did me. I, I can't, I can't lie. I enjoyed the the croissants and whatever else in the coffee. But the uh, the banter and the, and the camaraderie, but also the discussion, you know, the meals, the actual travelling to games, you know, you're on a bus. Some of us went on a bus to San Marino from, Bolo- from Bologna, which, uh, you know, a minibus, we're on this minibus, and people are sharing stories, talking about experiences, you know, talking about what it was like to be a manager, what was it like to be here, what was that club like, you know, and it's honest and candor, you know, um, Two, two things that I remember, you know, like on the bus to San, San Marino, we're talking, Liam Fox, who's, who's now a friend of mine, was talking about being manager of Cowdenbeath. You know, a relatively young manager, I think he was 33 or 34. What that was like, what he learned from that, you know, that's the, that's the type of discussion that, you know, maybe, and that's the type of discussion we have had on the course. You know, we've had people present on their football journey what it was like at certain clubs. But it's also that, I think in those closed environments, it's, it's the honesty and it's the candour and it's obviously they share things in one-to-ones or small groups that are in that closed environment. They can't share on, on maybe a podcast and they can't share in, in the written word because, you know, it, it implicates others and, you know, it names names. But in closed environments, they can share that. And I think that's really, really important. And one of the things that I've been blown away is is the humility. Humility of these guys, even guys that are put in the top level, it's the humility. I'm working coach at the top level. It's the humility of them. Everybody's learning. And I think that's really, really important. And that's something that's that, that that's really broadened my mind is the skill set. You know, I have a different skill set from others. My experience is different from others. It's how everybody uses each other's experiences to, to develop themselves. And, you know, I think I always say to everybody, you know, it's the formalised learning's massive, but the informal learning is is even more so. And I think, you know, the Scottish FA has created that environment. You know, they want those discussions. And I think, you know, I've always found that with the Scottish FA courses and this course has been 100% no different. All right, last two for you. What's challenged you the most in the course? What have you found most difficult? Learning a language. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you had to do that. Yeah, so, so obviously, you know, trying to prepare us for the modern game. You know, the modern game is, you know, maybe going out, working with players from different countries, you know, learning, maybe you might have the opportunity to go and play and go and coach in a different country. And I think that was, was one of the, was one of the biggest things, you know, was, 
we're learning <laughs> learning language and actually putting it into practice. So the boys are learning different languages. Some of them, some of the boys are actually incredible. You know, some of the international guys like uh, Jonathan Johansson, Scott Calder, Calderwell, um, Arnar, and you know uh, Peter. Oh, bilingual anyway. Obviously, English might not necessarily be their first language. So you know they they can speak you know various different languages, and I always find it incredible anyway so learning a language has been definitely the probably the most challenging but you know because it really takes you out your comfort zone and you know i've been learning spanish we have a lot of spanish speakers who work with us so i've been trying to engage with them and it's actually getting over that embarrassment you know mispronunciation and you know i don't want to kind of butcher somebody else's language you know what i mean i can barely speak english never mind uh, <laughs> never mind never mind spanish but that's that's been a challenge. Uh, the other challenge is has is, is been has been challenged, mm. and uh, you know by by the tutors, by your peers, you know getting getting out of your comfort zone and actually you know taking on tasks you're not comfortable with, you know, and 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 how that and how that kind of how that comes across, how you portray that, and how you learn from that, and I think you know the assignments are tough. Well, it's a lot of work. You know, Italy was incredibly challenging. You know, you're coming in from a game at nine o'clock. You're waiting on the, you know, you're you're making your presentation. You know, they are uh, getting footage on Scout, downloading games, cutting footage, maybe putting some animation on it. You know, making sure your pre- presentation's clean, smooth, on time. You're maybe doing it in groups of three. So you're up to maybe 12, one. You're up at seven for breakfast. Course starts at eight. You, you may be getting up at six or, you know, to get breakfast early, maybe, you know, meeting up with your group again. Some of the challenges was, right, you're a group of three, we're going to draw a name at the heart and who presents. You know, so you can't be saying, huh, me and you are in a group, Gary, listen, I'll do the presentation. You just sit back there and chill out. No, 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 we both got to be engaged here. Mm. The, the presentation's got to be reflective of the group. So you've got to be comfortable delivering that. Mm. You know, so it's how that partnership works. Who forms these roles? Uh, you know, so it's you know, oh, Gary, you're out. You know, you're going to present your presentation. So again, all that kind of stuff, those challenging situations, those little curveballs they throw in, just to challenge you. You know, they're talking about, you know, who's to say the all right presentation breaks? How do you deal with it? Mm. Oh, oh, you know, oh, I thought the present. You know, these little things, these little curveballs they throw you to prepare you. It's that you find really, really challenging, but. It's it's what you you get most from the course probably. Mm. Yeah. So then you know we've got a lot of young coaches that that listen to the podcast. What kind of advice would you what would you steer a young coach when it comes to coach education? For me, I'm a big believer in coach education. You know, so obviously, I, I'm I went through my UEFA licenses. I'm now in the process of going through my USSF licensing. I've just recently been on a tutoring course to be able to tutor some of the the USSF grassroots instructor licenses, which was that was challenging as well. That so it was almost an assessment to become a tutor. I would say go and do them. I think you can learn a lot from them. And I think, you know, there's there's two parts of it. There's the formal learning, what you'll take away from the course, the mentors, you know, and I I can't be thankful, you know, Jimmy Bone was a mentor of my my UEFA B license and he's a mentor for my life now. He's been an incredible mentor of mine, even when I when he, even when I worked up and worked in professional football in, in in the UK. He was always there for me, somebody to to lean on and rely on. And I met him through a coaching license. Uh, and again, you know those relationships that can be built. The challenge, coaching licenses are about proficiency. All right, it's like a driving test. You know, you may think you can drive a car, but until you get a test, you can't drive on the road. And I think they set that. They're looking for proficiency. And then once you start to do that, then that's where you can use the skills learned from that to create your own philosophy, to create your own methodology, to create your own style. And then it's how you then go and put that across. And I think that's that's the additional learning. The informal learning is just what you talked about there, is, is getting out and meeting people and, and you know making those connections. Those connections are incredibly important because they can open additional doors, not just professionally, but also from a learning environment. So we talked about uh, Fabrizio. You know, he's opened up doors for me to see 
many different environments. You know, my plan is to go, he's now working at Roma. My plan is to go over to Roma to go and experience, to do a club visit over in Roma as well, you know, to go and see what they're doing at first team level, see what they're doing in the academy, get sat down face to face with the key movers. You don't get that access without good connections. And a lot of the connections I've met are through these courses, you know, um, speaking to people saying, oh, you know, I can open the door in here. You know, I can, I can get you a one-to-one with this person. I can get you sat down at sharing a resource as well. I think that's the type of stuff that without making those connections by attending these courses, it's sometimes hard to form those relationships through a wall, you know, maybe a message, a cold message on LinkedIn or a, a, a Facebook DM, which, don't get me wrong, these relationships can be created by that, but face-to-face as well. You know, face-to-face connections are incredibly important. People get a warmth for you. Mm. You know, I, I like to think I'm, you know, I'm a people person. I try to get out there and shake hands and introduce myself and, you know, embrace with people and 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 that for me has served me incredibly well and I think I, I agree with you I think some people say oh you know these these coach education it's all about the money I still do them because I love them I see people continually going through coaching licenses who love to do the courses because it sets a proficiency it allows you to make connections it allows you to get insight you know and, and the Scottish FA courses they bring guest presenters in I remember on my A license had Eric Black come and talk about the role of a of an assistant manager in the Premier League. How many people don't get that opportunity? Yeah, you can you might you, you might listen to a podcast or you can read a book about it, but a QA with Eric Black, a guy who's worked with you know X amount of teams in the Premier League, incredible. That was something I would not have experienced if I didn't go on a course. You know, and it's that kind of open environment, and that was something formalizing the course. You know, I, I think there's an opportunity to get better. I think you take on the feedback. You know, you use that as, as construction. I don't, you know, some people, and I've seen it here in, in my current role where people say, oh, I went on this. And, you know, you get you get candidates want to argue with tutors over things. I'm like, just just be humble enough. Take on the feedback. Mm. You, you know, take it in. You know, you might only apply 10%, but be respectful as well. You know, listen to that person because... That per- honestly, that person's not sitting there desperate for you to not succeed. They want you to succeed. Everything they're telling you is to try to help you succeed. You know, and and you may not want to apply it all. You may not believe in it all. But be respectful to listen because there will there will hundred percent be nuggets from that where you will learn. You know, it's not about but but this and but that. It's about no, let them speak and then analyse it and use self-reflection. Well, especially, it's quite egotistic, you know, coach education. Nobody wants to be told they're doing something wrong. Eh? You know, you don't want to be judged by somebody. But embrace it. It's the only way you will get better. You know, failure is okay. Eh? Failure is all right. Or maybe not failure, but not succeeding or, or, or not attaining 100% first time is okay. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be the finished product. You don't want to be... Because the minute you do that, I think, you know, you may as well stop doing it. Anything that you do. And I don't think in coaching you can ever be that finished article. I always think there's some, there's always a new trend or something different. Uh, and and I think you can always learn. And I just think it's the connections on these courses that become friends. Eh? Mm. And uh, I've met so many people that I... are course mates who I would consider friends, who I speak to on a regular basis. I ask advice. Sometimes I may be a useful source of advice for them, and I give that advice honestly. And I have I have probably now friends all over the world who, who have met on these coach education journeys and, 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 and courses. And I, I always say to people, do it. There is the additional learning, podcasts, reading, actually practical experience of delivering sessions. Do club visits. You know, I don't see enough people, I, I you know, People say to me, you know, I, I, I want to coach pro players. And the first thing I always ask them is, how many pro clubs have you seen in the flesh? How many times have you went off your own back and done it? And listen, as a young coach, I used to volunteer. I used to go, can I pick up cones? Yeah, sure. I picked up, you know, I tell the story, at Stennis Muir Football Club, I used to pick up cones for the first team manager sometimes. I'd be coaching the community guys. We'd finish it. 6.30, the first team would be on. Could I pick up cones? Now I'm hearing exactly what's being said. Now I'm now I'm on. Listen, I ain't delivering anything. You know, I'm picking up pennies. I'm I'm moving the water bottles. 
But I started to learn, okay, right, you know, how can I get closer to the action? How can I get closer to hearing these things? And I think that's important, you know, actually going to elite environments and, and seeing it face to face, not open training sessions, because mm-hmm. they're sometimes staged. Uh, you don't necessarily, but actually getting closer to the field, actually getting out there, getting access. Have you spoke, you know, I want to be an academy manager. Have you spoke to an academy manager? No. Well, here's a connection. Here's how you can, you know, and, and it's how you make those connections. Can you know, and that's something I've actually actively done, you know, regularly meeting with people and, and saying, you know, Lee Heron, who who I've, who I've met, you know, was at Reading there at Arsenal, met him at the Super Cup in Ireland. Lee, we grabbed an hour, heard about his transition from Reading to Arsenal, listening to about Arsenal Football Club. Where would I have had that before? You know, you know, not everybody's lucky enough to have, you know, you know people say you you're not lucky enough to have those connections. I've made those connections. I've stepped out of my comfort zone. I've shook hands. I've followed up on things. I've showed them reliable. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to be paid for those experiences. I'm not looking. I wasn't looking for money. I was paying for that because that's that's additional. And I think that's really, really, really important. Yeah, the formalised coaching, coaching education is vital for me, but also that that informal getting myself out there, putting putting saving money up to go to to Finland or saving money up to go to Portugal, saving money up to go to Italy. You know, I've done those things, Spain, I've done those things. And and that has helped me even more than the the, the, the formalised learning. And that's the big thing I would say. Coach education is, you know, it is important to go and get your B, your A licences because that shows you have a proficiency. But the other stuff shape you, will shape your thoughts, will, will, will allow you to take more on different experiences. And I think that, is really, really, really important. And that would always be my bit of advice. Go out, make connections, go and see things. And those connections can be made from formalised coach education because that was my journey. That was my experience. What a way to finish it. Mark, thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure, Gary. Thanks so much to Mark for his time and his insight there. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It's really refreshing and inspiring to hear somebody who is so passionate about the growth and development. When you go online and social media, I know it influences us way beyond probably what we even think it does. Uh, when When we're just reading and we're taking in information, there's a lot of complaining and a lot of negativity about coach education around the world, about different courses. And when you formalize education, you're never gonna hit everything. The game is so complex because people are different journeys. It is impossible to hit every single person and every single person is different in their journey. It's impossible to make that unique to every single person on a course. But I do believe that coach education is in a really, really good spot in terms of the different associations, the different federations, the different companies that are now making it more individualized, more personal, more reflective. And in doing the podcast over the past 12, 18 months, I've met a lot of people who are on their journey and going through it, have so many good things to say. And I've also talked to a lot of coach educators who have reached out or who have met in my pathway. And it's been very much the same thing. So I think that it's a good spot. I would urge young coaches to kind of do what Mark says, go through the courses get the experiences, meet the people. The most common email I get from coaches are, how do I connect with these types of people? And yeah, I can give you their email addresses. It's not rocket science to find someone, everyone's pretty accessible online today in social media or on websites. That's easy, I can connect anyone to anyone. But you know, they're not gonna know who you are. They're not gonna know and get a good feel for you. When you go to people's environment and you go and visit people, you might get a coffee with them. Very, very hard for that there to go both ways. They find out about you, you find out about them. If you're visiting a club, you're typically finding out just about them and their processes and what they do. But for them to find out about you, you have to do that in a course. You have to spend time with people. You have to go and spend the two or three hours after the course in a restaurant, at a coffee shop, in a bar, whatever it is, all these experiences, that's connecting. That's real connecting. And I wish as a younger coach, I had have done a little bit more of that or I was as aggressive about that and as intentional about that as what Mark alludes to there because you can see he's he said it there i i would pay money for that experience and i was i think in in my journey i said there that 
you know, I was a bit disappointed in one or two experiences in coach education when I was younger. But on the other side, I was a bit disappointed with myself in reflection that I didn't probably put myself out there as much as I should have in the courses. So, so definitely a food for thought for, I think, a lot of us in, in terms of, you know, what are we doing to get ourselves better and, and where are we challenging ourselves? Again, I've said it before on the podcast, many times we all think that we're going outside our comfort zone. We all think we're challenging ourselves as much as we're challenging our players, but we're not really. We're not really. We're not putting ourselves under enough pressure as, as much as we think, and there's way more that we could be doing. So I think when you get on a course, and even if it's talking in front of people you don't really know, or even if it's talking to peers who are more experienced than you, or maybe it's a big name or two, there's a lot of growth in that there, and, and I think it's enjoyable then to come through that and, and to get confident in going outside your comfort zone and traveling and experiencing different things. So I really enjoyed that for Mark, and it was something that... I hung up the phone and thought, right, I need to be doing something when, I'm, when the off-season comes and get myself better. So definitely, definitely um, impacted myself in that conversation. So as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you think about it. At Gary Kernin on Twitter, at Gary Kernin on Instagram. I've had a few people reach out over the last few weeks with ideas about future podcasts and future topics. So really really appreciate that there and appreciate the fact that you're listening that you're thinking of different topics and we'll be trying to get them involved because there's some great ideas and great talking points so much appreciated please keep them coming appreciate you listening appreciate your support have a great week goodbye thank you for listening to the modern soccer coach podcast for more coaching topics sessions and resources Head on over to Coach Kernine on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.